being a young male in, in Verona would have been, you were left to pretty much your own devices from the age of about, I think, nine or ten up until the ages of, sort of 20, 21, 22. So they were very sort of bored and devil made work for idle hands, as we see in this play. They were sort of left to make their own entertainment and, and sort of entertain themselves and keep themselves active. So what do 14-year-old boys do if they're left on their own? They just get up to mischief. And, I mean, I had this sort of theory going into this. Romeo's, what, 14, 15, that sort of age? And hormonal and as I did at that age sort of falling in love all the time with you know it was ever girl past your eye and with Rosaline I think she was probably beautifully curvy and gorgeous and sexy and Romeo just fell in love with that I think but Juliet there's somewhere else what lady's that which doth enrich the hand of yonder knight oh she doth teach the torches to burn bright it seems she hangs upon the cheek of night like a rich jewel in an Ethiop's ear Beauty too rich for use, for earth too dear. She's not only beautiful, but she can keep up with him. She can play his game, the talking game, and actually beats him at it as well, you know, the, the word plays. This is a very high stakes, you know. This is not just someone your family doesn't like. This is somebody your family will kill. He's risking his own life, and Juliet's risking her own life just by this frisson. It's not about solving the problem of their families. It, I think it is in the friar's eyes. The friar sees this opportunity to get these families to come together in it by this matrimony, but their eyes, no, they're just in love, and they just want to express that through marriage. Actually, I think the Fry is quite a father figure to him, and, and that's who he's going to sort of confide in about these sort of things. I think the Q show has a lot to answer for, but Tybalt came for Romeo. The worst thing to do then was just to say, no, I'm not going to fight you, um, which is a completely dishonourable thing to do. And Mercutio steps up for him. Romeo tries to break it up and he dies. So in a roundabout way, he is responsible for Mercutio's death. He's totally responsible for Tybalt's death. Because, you know, fire-eyed fury be my conduct now. He's, he's mad, he's angry, and he's going to revenge his very best friend's death. I think Romeo at times, although his heart's in the right place, he doesn't quite articulate himself in the best way. Whereas I think Juliet does. Um, I think that's the main difference between them two. But yeah, and this is one of those examples. He takes responsibility when news comes from Verona, from Benvolio, Benvolio tells him that Juliet's died, and he, he says, is it in so? Then I defy you, stars. Now, up to that point, he's sort of left his life in the hands of fate, in the hands of the stars, the fates. And that's the first time he challenges fate. You know, there's a line earlier on the play where he says, that he that hath the steerage of my course direct my sail. Just do it, I'm going to let you do it. But this is the first time he says, no, I defy you, fate. I'm going to take actions in my own hand. I'm going to go to Juliet. I'm going to see her for the last time. I'm going to kill myself. It matures instantly. It's sort of a deformed maturity because, you know, it shouldn't happen that quick. And he's only young and he's got all these mad feelings for, for Juliet. And it's a really weird sort of, he instantly goes, right, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. And not just going to kill myself in an instant. It's a really considered one. It's like, I'm going to see her. I'm going to get poison. I'm going to see her. I'm going to kiss her for the last time. And then I'm going to kill myself. And he does it. It's tragic. Consistently, he always uses quite religious imagery. The Elizabethan times, the, the moon and the sun were religious imagery as well, really. You know, they represented the fates and, and things like that. For instance, Rosaline. When, he, when he's talking about Rosaline, he says, One fairer than my love, the all-seeing sun, ne'er saw her match since first of all begun. Now, he's using the sun there 
as something that looks down upon us. But when he first sees Juliet on the balcony, he says, Arise, fair sun. She then becomes the sun. And I think that's the difference. The celestial beings, which were so far away, that had such control over them, then he's invested all of that inside Juliet. Any person of, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old can relate to that sort of, I love you so much feeling that everyone has. But then everyone who's older has been through it, you know, as well. And they can relate to that all-encompassing everything. And your whole body loves this person. It is my lady! Oh, it is my love! Oh, that she knew that she were! See how she leans her cheek upon her hand! Oh, that I were a glove upon that hand, that I might touch that cheek! I me! Given a bit more time and space, their love wouldn't have blossomed so quickly over three days. I think it's because they're under such pressure. Um, that they know the stakes are higher, that they're Montague's and Capulets. You know, if Juliet was another girl who lived a few roads away, then he might have gone over in a couple of days, or he might have gone over that night even, but, you know, they would have given that time to breathe, and maybe in a few months' time they would have eventually got married. But because it's such high stakes that they're sort of almost pushed into being secretive and, and, and passionate and, and lovely about each other, which I can relate to, you know. I used to sneak out of the house to meet girls all the time when I was that age. <laughs> It does their love a disservice by saying it's just rebellion. I think there is an aspect to it which is like, yeah, I don't care what you say, family. I don't care what you say, Montagues and Capulets. We love each other and we're going to be with each other. It doesn't matter what you say. I think there is an element to that, which is why he goes over the walls and risks his life. You know, he overperched these walls with love's light wings, you know, and completely just, just, just takes his own life in his hands and to go and sneak in and go to Juliet's window. I mean, that's got to be the heart of the whole Capulet estate and the stakes are high. There's a slight rebellious thing in that, I think.